So, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. So, I have an incredible, incredible show for you today. Um, my guest is actually running a little late, but I have my co-host for the day on with us. Um, so, I want to introduce him. Um, his name is Justin Drummond, and he was my intro to my guest, Noah Galloway. Say hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. How is everyone doing today? So, um, you know what I want to do? I want to tell everyone a little bit about you. I think we have a few minutes. So, you haven't heard your poem, and I think today is appropriate. All right. All right. So, here goes, Justin. All right. A few months ago, a message was sent, showed his interest with promotion intent. I responded and said, sure. What do you have in mind? I can get you great talent, some already signed. During our conversation, nervous he seemed to be. Me being me, I asked him, Asperger's? He told me. Justin Drummond's amazing. This young man has overcome. In spite of his challenges, he beats to his own drum. September 30, 30th in 1997, in Justin made his debut. Hello to the world. I've got so much to do. Growing up in New Jersey, being different made it hard. Not having many friends for a child could be scarred. Then four years in PA, not many friends again. Moving back to New Jersey, high school days were spent. High school was the era where Justin's life would change. Junior year was the year for his life to rearrange. Coming out of his shell and events he'd start to do, participating in activities, got student of the month too. Senior year was his best, like most normal teens, even went to Costa Rica, living life by all means. That was the year he discovered a man, Manny Cabo from The Voice, Justin became a fan. Manny taught Justin to be the best he could, the best version of himself, the way that Justin should. He introduced him to radio and immediately fell in love. Manny understood him, he must have been sent from above. Then that sad day came, to Nashville he would go. You and your family helped him move. Helped You and your family helped move him, now brought you to a low. He told you something special to help you make it through. Keep your blinds on and focus on today was something you needed to do. Your 19th birthday, a tattoo that saying you got to remember Manny by the friend who gave you a shot. You began to work on yourself, doing the best you can, giving it your all, becoming a great man. Attending shows and helping artists is what you are made to do. Working for different stations departed from them, it's true. One day you were scrolling the internet, Hamilton Radio you came across. I'm thankful for your message, Justin Drummond, my gain, their loss. You told me something I won't forget. You said, Jerry, you gotta know. I would rather only work with you on the Jerry Petito Show. I thank your mom for today. She's going to be allowing us to meet when we're interviewing Brody Ray. This, my friend, can't be beat. Justin, my friend, you're amazing. Never believe that's not true. You have been given a shot helping others through you. And I thank you for today for allowing us to meet. Because together, you and I will be now interviewing Noah Galloway, and this certainly can't be beat. I love you, Justin. Oh my God, that's amazing.
So there you have it, kiddo. That's your poem. Oh my god, that is that is amazing. Yes. So I think he's going to be calling in now, and this is really cool that I got to read your poem. So see, everything works out for a reason. Everything works out always. Okay. Um, so we're going to be waiting for him to call. Hopefully, he'll be calling any minute. Um, so how did you meet Noah, or get to, or know of him, and get this connection for me? Well, oh, wait, Justin, hold uh, on. Justin, hold that thought. He's calling. Hello? Hey, is this Jerry? Hi, Noah. Hey, sorry about all that. How are you? I'm good. I'm real good. How are you? I'm good. Listen, this, listen. I, I'm laughing because I couldn't believe how hard it was just to hear your amazing voice, okay? <laughs> Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, and where I was, I didn't have a signal, so I couldn't call in. And uh, then Jan messed up the time zones. Oh, poor Jan. So I'm sorry about that. We'll blame Jan. All right. So um, I have Justin Drummond with us. He's going to co-host today because he was our connection. All right. Hey, what are you doing? Good. How are you, Justin? <laughs> I'm good. I can't believe I'm finally able to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is so y'all great. Are, y'all are making it sound like I'm important, but I'm not. I'm oh, just a jerk. Listen carefully. <laughs> You're not a jerk. So, so unfortunately, we're going to be ending the show like by five of three because I, I wanted to do like up to two hours with you because you deserve it. But okay, so I have a poem I wrote about your life. I would like to read that first. Okay, Noah. Okay. All right. Again, uh, woman of many talents. All right. No excuses, I titled it. My guest today will blow your mind. His entire life is unconfined. A native of Alabama, Noah Galloway is his name. Losing two limbs in Iraq has brought this man to fame. Operation Iraqi Freedom was the war that set him free. Noah's now a sergeant. My thanks I give to thee. With no desires to fighting wars until 9-11 attacked us, feeling both pain and courage, Noah stepped up in defense. Noah was filled with despair, drinking and loathing in pain, watching his family grow sadder, his spirit he'd now regain. Noah's story is remarkable, a shining example for you and me. Adding laughter with perspective, you can tackle anything's the key. Living life to the fullest with no excuses at all, This man was once down, but now he stands tall. Fitness was crucial to recover. Without it, he would die. Fitness is his lifestyle. He can now reach the sky. Season 20, Dancing with the Stars, was where Noah took third place, wearing his prosthetic leg on TV to showcase. On the cover of a magazine, Men's Health Was the Issue, 2014 Ultimate Guy was named Now I Need a Tissue. A fitness expert, you've become a motivational speaker too. Not taking excuses from your fans, teaching them anything they can do. Fox's hit series, American Grit to Victory, led your team. Tested for military challenges, what an appropriate theme. Living with No Excuses is the title of his first book. Rebirth of an American Soldier, we now all need to take a look. Galloway travels the country sharing his story of hope if any of you feel unworthy or in life you can longer no you can longer cope his book will encourage and motivate you shedding light is what it will do a nonprofit noah started giving back to others in need 
No Excuses Charitable Fund will start to plant the seed. Noah, I'm honored for today. I'm humbled to say the least. My life story is similar. My life passion you've increased. Noah, God hasn't forsaken you. He knew that you would come through. You are his earthly angel to help others. He chose you. That's for you, Noah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, like, uh, little do you know, like, uh, not only she's a radio host, she's also a poet, so uh, one of the many talents, like I said before. Oh, uh, thank you. So, you know, I'm going to let Justin open with his first question, Noah, first, because, well, well, let me ask you this. Is there anything you would like to say first, and then we're going to have Justin open with his first question? No, no, no. I'm, I'm open to anything. Okay. Go ahead, Justin. All right, so uh, you, as I, I looked at, well, first off, I would just want to say, like, before I start, uh, thank you so much for your service. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It absolutely means a lot. All right, so uh, you actually joined uh, the Army, like, uh, right after uh, 9-11, and uh, you, I've heard that you uh, dropped out of school to fulfill, like, uh, time in the Army, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, during that, like, uh, you unfortunately, like, uh, were hurt in the Iraq explosion, uh, how did it feel first uh, to know that you were uh, going to live your life as a double MBT? Well, you know, I didn't know how I was going to deal with it. When, it. when I found out, there was a lot of emotions that I went through. You know, and I was on a lot of medication while I was in the hospital, so I'd go one minute, I was like, this is fine. The next minute, I'm crying like a baby. The next, I'm angry. So it was a lot of different things. One advantage I have is my father lost his left hand when he was 18 working in a plant. So my entire life, I grew up with my father with one hand doing construction. So I, I knew it was possible. Wow. Wow, that, that is absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm impressed with what my father did. I didn't know if I... No, I think we're, we're losing... You're, you're cutting in and out, sweetie. Wait, uh... Noah, can you hear us? I was out... Yeah, was that me cutting out? Yes. Oh crap! Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, when we start over? No, we uh, heard we, we heard go. most of it. Um, yeah, you, we heard we heard like a, pretty much the entire. Yeah. Thing. Do you have to be on a speaker? Do I? Are you on a speaker? No, I've got my headset in. Okay. Okay. I've got a an hour long drive. Okay, we I'm can thinking. hear you. Okay, we can hear you. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, one thing that, like, I really, like, uh, wanted to know, like, uh, is, like, uh, the fact that, like, you were able to recover, like, uh, because uh, you do a lot of uh, fitness competitions, uh, motivational speaking, uh, uh, but I really want to know, like, uh, where does the motivation come in, like, to actually, like, uh, change your way of living? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that. Like, you know, it comes up a lot. People want to know, because I did. I went through a lot of depression. I struggled. And everyone wanted, wants to know what was that thing that changed it. And I always tell people, life is not a movie. Things don't just fix in the blink of an eye to the next scene and everything's fine. But I do, I did and do have one constant in my life. That's my three kids. They're my motivation to be a better person. I knew that I was setting the example for them. And the example I was setting was not good. So I set out to make improvements. I still make mistakes. But every time I screwed up, it was a thought of my kids that motivated me to go a little further. So even to this day, I turn down things if I don't think they're appropriate or if it's not going to be something that looks good or keeps me away from my kids for too long. Uh, Even when I did Dancing with the Stars, I turned it down. The only reason I did it was because they agreed to send my dance partner to Alabama so I wouldn't be away from them for too long. 
Wow. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, it's my kids that motivate me every day. So wait, I have a question. Justin, listen, I was just going to ask him about Dancing with the Stars. So you just mentioned that. So you, so they approached you, you didn't approach them? No, I'd never, I'd, I'd heard of their show, but I'd never seen a single episode. I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, I turned down Survivor and oh. another show that I was excited about, but I told them I couldn't be away from my kids that long. They were really young, so I turned them down, and then I didn't think anybody else would call, and that's when the stars called. And I told them I, I couldn't do it because I couldn't leave the state for that long, and they were like, we'll send the dancer to you. I was like, all right, That's I guess I'll do it. incredible. <laughs> well, Justin. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we totally get it. But, like, I think what everyone really wants to know is that, like, what actually uh, made you want to do Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> I didn't have an argument not to do it. <laughs> 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 when they said, well, we'll send the dancer to you, I was like, crap. I mean, I guess I'll do it. I didn't think I'd last very long either. I'm not a dancer. And to this day, I've, I've never seen an episode of that show, only unless I've been there live. I've never watched an episode of Dance of the Stars. You just cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> and they know it. I love everyone there. The, right. From the executive producer to the dancers to, you know, the, the film crew, the makeup and, and wardrobe. But they know I don't I don't watch the show. It's not, it's not something. <laughs> Justin, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear okay, us. Okay, Noah, hear. can you hear me? Yes. Okay. You broke up just a hair. Okay. But, all right. So I want to say something. I think this is important that, that I say this because this has been like, you know, outpouring from my heart that I wanted to say it to you. So I'm going to say it publicly. So, you know, I have some heroes, of course, in my lifetime. My dad is one of them. And of course, God. Um, the man, um, no arms, no legs, no worry. Okay, so he's a hero of mine, and Helen Keller. And I, th- I, I used to think this. I used to think, how the heck did they do what they've done in their condition? But then Justin told me about you, and I checked you out. I have to say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I don't just say things to say things, Noah. You're probably my number one hero, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because they were born that way, and they took what they had, and they did something incredible with it. And and again, they'll always be my heroes, but you were not born that way. You also had no desire to go into the war. And after 9-11, you did that for our country. And look what happened to you, and then look what you've done with that. So to me... You are my number one hero, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Well, thank you. You know, it's it's funny that you say that. I was with uh, I was with a gentleman that uh, was born with no arms and no legs. Uh, Coach Menendez, I think his last name was Menendez. He was ESPN showcased him, and you know, I, I hate that I may have got his name wrong, but he was born with no arms. Yes, and no legs. that's who He's I'm talking a about. High school football coach, and me and him met at an event, and we spent the evening uh, talking, and he told me that he said that he felt worse for people like me because he didn't, and this blew my mind, he said he didn't know he was disabled until he was 12, and he couldn't play football like his friends, and that floored me. And then he said, because I was 24 years old and had all my limbs, 
And then I woke up one day and two of them were gone. And I had to learn to adjust. And that really, and it blew my mind that he saw it that way. And it really put things into perspective. Because here I am like, yeah, I lost my like I struggled. We're losing you, Noah. Yeah, we're losing you. Okay. Hello? There you go. Okay, you're. I think uh, you're back. Yeah. So it was. It was another moment that, even though it's been 14 years since I was injured, to hear that from somebody that was injured, it gave me more motivation to want to push hard in everything I do. And you saying that motivates me. So, Justin, you asked what motivates me. I mentioned my kids. The other thing, the second thing that motivates me is knowing that people are inspired and motivated by me, and I want to share as much as that as I can with people because this is bigger than I am. You know, I have to live my life and push myself as hard as I can because if it's something that motivates one other person and helps them, then it's worth it. That's right. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, which absolutely, yeah. And that actually leads into uh, my next question. Uh, you do uh, a lot of emotion uh, motivational speaking, like uh, to tell people that like nothing is impossible for them. But, like, uh, what is the best part about, like, uh, being, like, a motivational speaker and just, like, list- helping others, like, uh, improve on their lives? Well, I mean, it's it's great because I, sh- I get to share my story. And every time I do, like, when I started doing it in the beginning, it was, it was therapy for me. And then it just, I get to meet all these people. I travel all over, and I get to hear their stories. And it's... It's just a great feeling to connect with people, you know, to speak to an audience of a thousand people and then have someone come up to you later and it impacted their life. Or you said one thing that made a difference in their life. And I think that that goes for anybody that that speaks publicly, whether they're, you know, a motivational speaker or they're a school teacher or they're a preacher or whatever they are. And they get to to share things with people and make a difference in others lives. And I, I come from a family of educators. Two of my sisters are teachers. And I think that I fall into the same line as them uh, in wanting to help people and share the knowledge or information I have with others to, to improve their lives. Wow. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, I am uh, looking at your bio also, and uh, you uh, actually uh, were, uh, like, uh, even, like, before Dancing with the Stars, I mean, I've uh, seen that uh, you've been uh, on The Ellen Show and uh, True Life. But I, I really want to know, like, uh, what was actually the moment, like, even, even before Dancing with the Stars, like, what, like, uh, actually led uh, to your fame? Well, I think it was uh, a combination of things. What started it was me deciding to get back into shape, take care of myself. So I started eating better, and I started working out. I joined a gym, started exercising. The, the better shape I got into, the more motivated I was, and, and I'd go at, at busier times at the gym, and people noticed me. And everybody wanted to talk to me. And then it started building from there. Then I'd go to another gym and then to another gym. And then I, I was personal training at uh, my local YMCA and working out at all these different gyms. And so I made a name for myself in, in Birmingham for fitness. And then I started running races, Tough Mudders, um, Spartan races, marathons. And then I started gaining a following of doing all that. And that's what led to True Life. And then after True Life, I ended up on the cover of Men's Health. Men's Health led to Ellen. After Ellen, that's when people started calling me Survivor, you know, Dancing with Stars, all that. So it was a gradual thing that happened over a long course. I always tell people, a lot of people didn't know me until I went on Dancing with the Stars. But there was a life before that that was building up to that. I think if Dancing with the Stars would have happened one year earlier, I don't know if I could have handled 
the attention. But because it was gradual, me and my kids slowly walked into, uh, I guess, the little bit of spotlight, and it wasn't too stressful. Wow. So, oh, wow, Jerry, any thoughts? Yes, perfect timing is what I say. See, God has his hand in everything. And, you know, like you just said, if it was a year ago, you know, I tell everyone, I used to say sometimes things like this, you know, oh, I can't believe that we couldn't do that or that didn't happen. But then a year will go by and something happens bigger and better and greater. And I'm like, that's why, God, that's why it didn't happen. So you're right, Noah. You know, you're incredibly inspirational. Um, I, I have a question. So 9-11. So you had no intentions on ever going, you know, into a war or going into the service. Tell us about what 9-11 did to you. Well, when I watched it, so I, I didn't have class that morning. I was going to the University of Alabama at Birmingham, so UAB, and I didn't have class that morning, so I slept in. And I got a phone call from a friend of mine that said, turn the TV on. And I turned it on, and it was, I remember the newscasters talking about pilot error. And we were watching that one Twin Tower as it burned. We were worried about everyone in the building. And then I'll never forget watching with the rest of the world when that second plane hit. And I remember the screams by the cameraman. It was horrific to watch and terrifying. And then it went from pilot error to we're country under attack. You know, we had all the, you know, all everything going on at once. And I watched for as long as I could, and I went for a run. And I don't know how long I ran, how far I went. I was just running. And on that run is when I decided I was 20 years old. I was physically fit. And I loved my country. So there was no question I was going to the military. What yeah, I, absolutely, I, I was kind of wondering, like, uh, like what kind of, like, drew your attention, like, to the Army. Because I know that you have, like, a lot of, uh, I know that you have a family history. Yes. Um, so my, uncle, my uncle that was in Vietnam always told me if I ever wanted to go in the military, Tell them I want airborne infantry, so I'd be right up front. And that's what I did. And I ended up with the 101st Screaming Eagles, and our division commander was General Petraeus. Wow. So when I invaded Iraq, when we invaded Iraq in 03, it was under his command. And my uncle was right. It put me right up front, and I absolutely loved it. Wow. Wow, what a hero. You're a hero. So uh, I, just, I just loved what I did. <laughs> you're a hero. Um, you almost died, and you lost your limbs because of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, now, Dancing with the Stars, like uh, uh, everything. Like, what was your what was your like uh, favorite part about uh, like Dancing with the Stars? Like, uh, were you, was it the challenge? Uh, was it the fact that like uh, I mean, do you like uh, actually did you actually like dancing? Like, uh, tell us behind that. I uh, did not like dancing, um, <laughs> but I had a great dance partner, Sharna Burgess, and it was. It was great getting to know everybody. And then about halfway through the season, which was a lot further than I thought I'd last, I started having a lot of people reach out to me, a lot of veterans reaching out to me. And they were um, they were telling me that they were inspired, that I was out there putting myself out there, and that what I was doing was motivational. And it, I told Sharno one day, I said, look, I don't know how long we're going to be in this show uh, I'm not the best dancer, but we have to push it every week because this has become bigger than us. And that's what I did. I was not the best dancer on that show. The best looking shirtless, yes, but I was not the best. Looking, <laughs> I was not the best dancer on the show, and I did everything I could to be the, you know, to push myself. I did. I think the audience saw that, and that's where I was getting a lot of the votes. Is I was I was pushing myself every week to improve. 
And even by the end, you know, I was not a good dancer, but I improved dramatically from the beginning. And it was really challenging, you know, being above the knee amputee, doing it with one arm, not knowing how to dance. So it was, you know, it was a unique experience. And I think the, the best part were the people I got to meet while I was there. Because I have a lot, I have lifelong friends now from being on that show. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of actually had second thoughts like on that. I actually thought that you were like a, a bit, a bit good of a dancer because I mean, like, let me tell you, I've seen some of your uh, performances and especially uh, your uh, contemporary, like uh, uh, when you uh, actually like uh, showed, oh yeah, when you showed your story about like uh, you know like everything that happened and everything, and like I'm like I'm just really impressed that like uh, like about like the way you dance, like even for a double IBC. I mean, I think I, right. I would feel like you've been doing this for like over. Like over like forever, right? That's all. Well, thank you. We, you know, you know and I, we, we, I have to give crumbs. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I have to give credit to Sharna Burgess because not only did she teach me all those dance moves, she choreographed them. She told my story, and it, she drug me around that dance floor. Uh, and tried to make it look as, as good as it could. So I have to credit her on all of that. She was absolutely amazing. But Noah, listen, I have to agree with Justin. You know, we are, um, you know, we're the audience. We're watching this, right? All that goes through our minds at first is, are you kidding me that this guy is doing this? That's incredible. So we're focused on that and you're already incredible. Do you know what I mean? And then what you did was in, in I thought was beautiful. Oh, I I appreciate it. There's you know, I you know, I, I joke and say I didn't enjoy the dancing, but it was a great experience and I actually love everyone there, even though I don't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a fun interview. I didn't expect it to go like this. So all right, so let's talk about um, the cover of the magazine, Men's Health Issue, 2014 Ultimate Guy. How'd you feel about that? How, did, who got in touch with you for that? Well, so that was a competition. I always, Funny thing is, before I ever got injured, fitness has been a big part of my life, and I always said, I tell the guys I was in the military with, I was like, one day I'll be on the cover of Men's Health. Well, then I get injured. And then I get back into fitness, and I'm, I'm training myself. I'm figuring out how to work out, missing an arm and a leg. And then I'm like, you know, I've got a reason to at least have a story in men's health. How do I do this? And then a buddy of mine said that in an article of men's health, he read that they were going to put, because they've always had celebrities on the cover of men's health, and they wanted to put someone who wasn't a celebrity. They wanted the ultimate guy. They wanted to search for the ultimate guy. So, <laughs> 1,300 people entered that competition, and I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, several weeks went by, and a guy I was friends with on Facebook shared that you could vote for him to be on Men's Health. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I, I voted for him, and then I entered. And within 24 hours, I went from the new entry to thousands of votes ahead of the second place person. Of course. It was, that night, I didn't sleep at all. I kept (laughs) refreshing my browser and watching it get shared hundreds of thousands of times. Okay. Incredible. So then, but, the rules said that the voting only made up 10% of the decision. That the judges will decide the rest. Okay. And they narrowed it down from 1,300 to 100 
then 15, then it was down to 20, and I was still there. And there were people that were second and third place in votes weren't in the top 20 anymore. So I was getting nervous. Wow. Well, then it came down to the top 10, and we had to send in three more essay questions. And after I filled out the questions, I decided to fill out all the races I've done. You know, awesome course races, marathons. I did Spartan Death Race. It was 58 hours long. And 80% of the people quit, and I, with missing two limbs, finished it. Well, I ended up being chosen. They came down to the top three. I was chosen. And they told me later it was because I had more races under my belt than all these able-bodied men. Wow. But when I made that cover, that's how I felt. The day it was announced on the Today Show, I went back to my hotel room in New York, and I sat down, and I felt horrible. I was like... This makes me look bad. All these veterans are going to look at me like I'm some arrogant jerk. And I felt horrible. And then one of the guys that was in the top three called me. And I apologized to him. I said, you should have gotten the cover. You or Kavon, we all deserved it, not me. And he, he calmed me down and explained to me that I deserved that cover. And it was the nicest thing that anyone had ever said. And it really, and then veterans started reaching out to me. Spouses started reaching out to me saying that, their husbands looked up to me, and it really started to show me that I had a platform that now I could share things and I could do things with it, and that led to Dance with Stars and all that. Now, you know, I, I'm sorry I'm rambling, but now I have this platform that I get to share things with others and do things to help people, and I couldn't imagine my life being any more perfect than it is right now. First of all, you're not rambling. This show is about you. Everything you're saying, everyone, including me, needs to hear. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love sharing it. Wow. Justin, well, what do you have well, to say to this man? Wait, I'm sorry? What do you have to say? Like, I'm uh, completely in awe. Like, uh, I, that is like that is truly, uh, definitely uh, living a life with absolutely no excuses. <laughs> right. Let's talk about that. I want to talk about no excuses. Um, well, you, know, I, you know, not to interrupt, but like earlier, you were talking about, you know, where we're put in life, where, what God the path yeah. has laid out. You know, and I'm, I'm reminded of a quote. There is a preacher out of Dallas that I think it's credited to, but it's life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And I heard that a long time ago, and I never forgot it. And I think that is exactly what they say. Well, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. There's a thousand quotes that are just like that. And that's what's living with no excuses. It's not about accomplishing things that, you know, are impossible. It's taking what you have and saying, this is not going to stop me. In life, there are obstacles that we hit. And too many people reach those obstacles and say, well, this is, this is the end of the line. This is where I've made it. No. I, I think there's more to that, and how we do that is, me, I use my children. We all should have something in our life that is stronger than our peers, and mine are my children. And when I hit those roadblocks, I want more for my kids. So I'm, I figure out how to get over, around, under, or through that obstacle, and I, that is what Living With No Excuses is. It's about taking what you have and making something of it. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and I will say this too. I mean, like after uh, Dancing with the Stars, I mean, you continue to show like what No Excuses really is about because you were actually on another show that you did pretty well in uh, American Grit. Uh, tell us <laughs> so American Grit. So they had all these competitors that wanted to be challenged. They wanted to be pushed. 
and they had me and three other uh, very impressive uh, leaders of different branches of the military, and we draft picked. We, we watched and studied all the competitors, and we, we picked who we wanted. We ended up with four teams of four, and I challenged my team to do the best they could and, and, uh, and push them and tried to keep them motivated and inspired and I mean, not to ruin it if nobody's ever seen it, but my team dominated the show. Um, Fox didn't like that, you know, they didn't want one team winning all the, the races. They didn't think it was good viewing. And then I told the editor, to the, uh, um, I'm sorry, the producer, I was like, I'm sorry, my team's going to win. They deserve this. And they did. In the end, they won it all. And it was a great experience. To It was interesting to go from Dancing with the Stars where I was being led by Sharna to be being back to being the leader and, and challenging others to push themselves and then to see how well it went, how good my team did together. They came together very early on and they were a powerful team. Incredible. 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 Absolutely incredible. So I want to I want to ask you, what would you say to people out there who feel like they are in the depths of tragedy right now in their lives you know, they feel broken, they feel hopeless. Um, what would you say to them about your no excuses? Well, I'll tell you, the biggest mistake I made in my depression, is my depression lasted for about five years. I didn't know how bad it was until I got out of it and looked back. Um, and the biggest mistake I made was keeping it to myself. You know, not opening up, not sharing it with family, friends, a professional, anything. I held it in. And you know, we, we, we remember the sayings that people would have a long time ago that it was weak to get to ask for help. But what I've learned is, no, the weakness comes from folding, from giving in, letting that depression, that darkness take over. It happens to the best of us. There's nothing wrong with it creeping in on us. But it takes real strength to go and get help. And I am a big advocate for mental health. You know, the most complicated organ in our body is right between our ears and is the most overlooked because it's the most complicated and we don't understand it. And that is the one thing when people, everyone should get at least every six months, see their doctor for a checkup. And when that you see that doctor, you should also see your mental health doctor because all of that, even if you're feeling fine, you should at least once a year go for a mental health checkup. It should, and everyone should view it that way. And that's what I think we're starting to get to is understanding mental health. And for those that are in those dark places, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we can, we will all, everyone that is going through something dark will get through it, but we don't need to do it alone. That is not how we're designed. We, as humans, we're like pack animals. We need people to survive, and we cannot turn them away. When we do, that will make it so much harder. So mm-hmm. I will encourage people to go, even if it's just only up to a friend, and let them help you get help. But you need to move, to get through it. It takes all of us. Wow. You're right yeah. about that. You are absolutely right, man. And I uh, hope you don't mind. I actually just want to share like, a, a quick story. Yes. Um, I actually uh, was born with uh, Asperger's syndrome, uh, which is a high-functioning autism. And sometimes it, like, it can make you a little bit uh, socially awkward and uh, like you have a little bit of a hard time expressing yourself. Like I constantly like fought uh, with that like every single day. And even like, even like, even like having like a certain conversation like was a, a little bit challenging for me. Like, uh, but I started to realize that there are like other people out there that are just like me 
who uh, like are struggling uh, with uh, myself, and I feel like uh, just like uh, listening to their stories, like it, it definitely like uh, helps me. And like uh, I gotta say, like you like definitely like uh, were uh, one of those like inspirations to help me, like uh, you know, like just keep going. I mean, because I mean, like I mean, just looking at you, I mean, like uh, like that that uh, double NBC on Dancing with the Stars and like American Grit and everything like that. I mean, like uh, you uh, like like no matter like what we're throwing at, it, at us, like uh, we definitely like uh, are def- are gonna get are gonna get through. Yeah, you know just that means that means a lot. You know, I, that was one thing that. You know, I wasn't surprised when amputees started reaching out to me, uh, or veterans they reached out to me. But I have, I've had people of, of that have had other, you know, whether disability or whatever it is, and they've been inspired by it. And we all do that. There's speaking of Asperger's. Have you ever seen the documentary about? I think it's four or five uh, comedians that all have Asperger's. No. And yes, uh, and as you were, t- I wish I could remember. I followed them on Twitter. And they're very funny, and they took what, you know, difference they had, and they made some. I'm not saying that everyone with Asperger's should go be a comedian. You may not be that funny, Justin, but, <laughs> you know, but, no, but, really but when, we, when, we're, when we are those that are comfortable with what we have and sharing it, well, then that reaches out to so many. There's this ripple effect that I cause, you cause, Jerry causes, everyone causes just by living the best life we can. And sometimes we don't realize it. And yeah, being the best person we we can be, and getting the if we need mental health or help or whatever it is, we inspire others, and others inspire us every day. And that's what, that's one thing talking about like Twitter, social media can be a, a crazy place, but we choose who we follow. And my social media, I like to follow very positive people, so I see social media as a great place where others get to share their stories. And uh, and I love that that you're open with yours, Justin, because there are people out there that you know are where you were a long time ago, right. and sharing that it connects with people. Yeah, it actually took me a really long time to like actually like a, you know like a share about this because I mean like mm-hmm. at that time I didn't really didn't think people like would absolutely understand. Like uh, like oh. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that you uh, like people wouldn't understand where you came from as well. Yeah. Oh, there used to be times that I would stand in line at a gas station and I would kind of eavesdrop drop on the people behind me because I thought people were making fun of me missing arm and a leg but no one ever was you know they may have looked at me you know because in the beginning there weren't a lot of injured veterans walking around um, but I was self-conscious of things that people weren't even paying attention to my dad you know who was an amputee told me something one day that was oh man it was the best quote I ever had. It heard he said People aren't looking at you. They're too busy worrying about who's looking at them. Right. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah, I know. And it is. And uh, I think it's funny because my dad, he's a goofy guy like I am. I've never thought of quoting my father. But that is like my father's line. And it is perfect because we all are worried about who's looking at us. And we think back. Think of back at your most embarrassing moment in school. None of your friends remember it. Because they were thinking of their most embarrassing moment. No one remembers our our embarrassing times when we screw up. And because everyone's worried about themselves and we overthink that. And it causes us to close ourselves off from the rest of the world. And we miss out on so much of life when we do that. You know, I want to share a little bit with you about me real quick. Um, And I'm going to tell you how you helped me recently. So I was an addict and I I was touched by... 
an older neighbor back in the day. I was a teenager. I was 13. Um, I became an addict. Um, I ended up changing my entire life. My daughter was young, so she didn't really go through a lot. My, my parents were there, you know, so they helped. Um, and when I decided to change my life, I also ended up curing myself of two cancers back in the day, naturally, without drugs. I'm now, so I'm now a nutritional health coach. I'm a recovery coach. Um, I, I help people, you know, with any kind of disease, any kind of issues, mental health, all that, right? I'm a life coach, whatever. But I had an accident a couple years ago with a 200 pound chair that fell on me. And I've been struggling with some health issues. And I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm not kidding you. And I don't feel, I'm not that person. I never feel sorry. I, I live pretty much with no excuses, you know. I'm actually a tough Italian and I'll like beat it into you. But I was actually finding myself feeling sorry for myself. And when I saw you and read your bio, I actually laughed and said, God, thank you. I needed to see this. And now that I'm interviewing you, I just have to tell you what you've done just for me in the last couple of weeks. I'm not kidding you, Noah. You've really helped me through all this. That makes me feel really good. That that just made my my day right there. Thank you, Jerry. But it's the truth. I've never felt sorry for me in my life, and I was and you just turned that around. So I just had to share that with you. I think you're incredible. Oh, I'm glad you did. Thank you. I think you're incredible. Um, you know, I'll tell you. You know, just like you said, like you know, you go through this moment. You know, I still have them. You know, I'm not. You know, I, I, people that see me out, I, I love to laugh, I love to joke, I love to have a good time. But then, you know, I have my moments just like everyone else, and and I, I know what it's like to have something just trigger you, or or you see something that lifts your spirits and and, and puts you, sets you in the right direction. Yes. And you know, I, I try to when I have like for me, fitness has always been my go-to. You know, if I if I'm really feeling rough and if I'm in a funk. You know, uh, I will I will go to the gym and I will work out and get those endorphins going. Uh, if it gets really bad, you know, I, I don't hesitate to go go see my mental health doctor or go see the counselor or whatever just to, to talk about things. But, you know, that something as simple as you telling me that, like this is this time of year is never really like my friends have pointed out to me. This isn't the best time of year for me. This is whenever we're deployed this time of year, we got hit the most. Uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of when I was injured, and I like to think that it doesn't affect me. But then, leading up to it, like I just start getting frustrated with stuff because things do come back; they resurface, and then you have these moments of of bliss where somebody says something or does something, or you read about somebody, and it changes and it changes your whole perspective and things. So I understand it, and I'll tell you, you this this conversation with you and, and Justin is one of those things that's really brightened my day. Uh, just today. Wow. So, and to think we almost didn't pull this off. <laughs> I was like determined. <laughs> Me and Justin were calling each other and I'm like, yeah, yes. But, we were to you and like, I thought like, oh my God, like, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? You know? But no, because, no, you know, I went from being in Knoxville last week, flying from Knoxville to Waikiki, flying from Waikiki back to Knoxville, driving to Nashville, then driving from Nashville 
south of Birmingham last night. And it was just one of those things where I was like, what is going on? What time is this call? (laughs) (sighs) So, um, I want to I want to uh, tell you something before I forget. So Justin and I started the show before you came on, and Justin never heard the poem I wrote about him, and I decided to read it today. So when when I download the show, I'm going to be sharing it on Facebook, but you can also go on the Remember Then, you know, website to right, see yeah, it. Yeah. But I want you to hear from the beginning. I want you to hear Justin's poem that I wrote for I him. Did, yes, because his story is beautiful. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, just one more quick thing, like that, I, like I want to like share before I forget as well. Um, like uh, I just really want to like know, like, uh, and I'm sure the fans want to know as well. I mean, are you working on anything else? Like, are you going to continue like uh, with the uh, motivational speaking? I mean, like, are we going to see what's going on? Oh yeah, exactly. Like, so I, um, I like to stay very busy. Like all the trips I just did were all either giving speeches or I was in Waikiki. I was, at, I had to go to, I was at Pearl Harbor. The USO, Play, wow. and Coca-Cola had me come out, and they had big screens and invited all the, the troops, the Navy and the Army and everybody for the Army-Navy game, and we watched it live. Wow. And then rushed from there to go to Nashville to do to work with a great organization, um, Christmas for Kids, out of Nashville. And last night I was shopping with this little boy, Miller, who was 11, and this organization gave each one of the kids $175 to buy whatever they wanted for Christmas and me and Miller shopped and got everything and I drove back last night so I mean now I feel like I'm saying it like I was bragging no but I do still I stay very busy and I do have things coming up I still get offers every so often for television shows but I try to be whenever things come up ask myself two questions how's this going to affect my kids and what lessons it going to teach them if I do it and if either one of those are negative I don't do it so I'm not you know, I love attention, but I'm not going to sell my myself or my kids out for the attention. But things have been continuously going. Uh, a lot, my 15 minutes has gone a lot longer than I thought it would, and I've been very happy with it and very thankful with the groups that want to talk to me or want me to come and speak. There is a couple of big things that are possibilities that I can't share yet that may or may not happen. Fingers crossed that they do. Uh, it'll really put my story out there in a really big way. So. I can't, other than that, yeah, I, I still, like, I've got my entire next year is booked out for different events, uh, so I stay very active as much as I can. You know, I want to comment on that. First of all, thank you for saying yes to Justin and I. I mean, he said yes to us. How about that, Justin? <laughs> okay. The moment, like, uh, like uh, I found out that, like, we were possibly going to be interviewing you, and, like, now we are, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy okay. <laughs> but I want to comment on some things that you said. First of all, what I hear from you is you always try to diminish your purpose. Don't. I hear it like, you know, you're not bragging. You're not boastful. You're incredible. You have that right. You know, what I teach people, especially a lot of women in abuse situations, whatever, but I teach people KYW. That's my, my saying. Know your worth. Because if we can look at someone else and give them a huge compliment... We can do the same for ourselves. We're worth it. You know, you're right. And, you know, what's funny is it's, it reminds me of being a, a personal trainer. You know, they you tend to do things like, well, I'll work I'll do things that I know aren't the best for me. Like, I'll overdo it in the gym or whatever. And then I'll tell clients, no, it's time. You <laughs> there know you I mean? go. But there you go. You tend to not do it for yourself. And it is. Like, I can go and, and tell people, you know, 
no, be happy with what you have. Not that I'm not happy, but uh, I try not to be boastful. Um, but I am proud. I love that I come from, like, my older sister has her doctorate in childhood education. My youngest sister teaches special ed. And because of that, like, I love work. I love helping people. I love working with children. Everything. My sisters want me to be a teacher really bad. But I told him I make too much money right now. <laughs> That's right. But you are teaching. You are teaching. You. Yeah, we all have a calling. Yeah, come to think of it, I mean, you are like a teacher. I mean, yes. like, I mean, because I mean, you have this like platform, like where you're like, like showing kids like so much and like making a difference in their lives. And uh, yeah, I can totally see that happening. Well, another the, the best part is I get to go to schools and be the hero and the guy everyone loves and feels motivated after. If you're a teacher, they see you every day. That's right. And you might have to give them a D. You're right. Yeah. They'll be like, we get it, Mr. Galloway. Yes. Motivated. That's so great. Wow. You know, um, but we all have a calling, you know what I mean, Noah? And this mm-hmm. is yours, man. This is yours. This is unbelievable. Well, you know, I'm not and I'm like I'm a true believer that everyone. I always tell people everyone has a story. Yep. You know, like I, you know, I'm I've been known. I'm I come from a family of of storytellers. You know, and I was that guy even in the military. If we were sitting in the middle of the woods for a couple of weeks and we had some downtime, I was the one telling the stories. You know, yes. so that's what I've always done, and I've always felt like everyone has a story. That was before I was injured. And there was a podcast I used to listen to called The Moth. I don't even know if it's still around, but it was just regular people telling their stories. And some were sad, some were funny. There were times in the car I was either laughing or crying, but they were all so good. And I'd love sharing my story and I always encourage other people to share their story because we all have something. And it, you never know who it's going to touch and how it's going to impact them. Well, Noah, listen, uh, you know, I don't even know. <sighs> how to respond to what you just said because everyone does have a story and sometimes people are too broken or sad to think their story matters I'm going to tell you I met someone a few years ago when I first started doing the radio and his name is Randy Shank and he was a young man from Trenton and he was a hip hop artist and he got in touch with me and he said Miss Jerry could I please be on your show And I said, listen, young man, you have to keep it clean. You can't be, you know. And he said, I promise, I promise. Yes. So he said, I promise, Mr. I promise. I said, all right. So he comes on and he did an incredible job. The the guy now goes by Director Six. He moved down south. The, The kid is incredible. I love him. But this is what he said to me. I asked him live. I said, make me understand this. You know, a lot of the hip-hop, a lot of the rap, it's so vulgar, so much profanity, it's so angry. Make me understand why you guys do this. And this is what he said. He said, Miss Jerry, everybody has a story. And unfortunately for some of us, this is the only story we know, and everyone has to has to tell their story to heal. It made me get it. I don't like it or listen to it, but it made me understand. You know, um, hip-hop, rap, and country are very similar, where they came from. Yes. Uh, um, they tell stories. If you go back to the original country, you know, it, you don't hear it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the country now, um, but it's a story. Yes. A lot of country songs that 
you know, I love playing for my kids old songs. I'm like, listen to the story and how it ends. You know what I mean? It's a story. And rap, it tells a story. And it is. Sometimes it's more vulgar. But then depending on where someone came from, like I, I live in Alabama. And when you're in Alabama, if you're out in public, you don't cuss at all. Right. <laughs> but if you're in New York, like when I travel up there, like it's it's not uncommon to cuss in public. And, you know, it's, it's a different dynamic nobody's better or worse it's just how they talk because you don't think southern people don't cuss they just do it behind you know closed of doors. course because <laughs> i always tell people down here i'm like there's nothing wrong with new york they're direct they'll tell you to your face down here you'll act nice to everybody and then talk about them behind their back you know we all have our good and our bad um so i'm not saying one's better but if you come from a an area that it is not uncommon to talk that way and to be vulgar, but it also gets your story across, because I hate that we lost, here it is, I'm a country boy from Alabama, and I'm about to bring up Tupac Shakur, but that was a man that was great for the, you know, urban community, because he was, he tried to preach against black on black crime, all these things coming up in a bad neighborhood and trying to be something, and yeah, his music was vulgar, but he was also a positive light for a lot of young boys that were growing up in an area that was so similar yes. to where Tupac came from. Yes. And it was unfortunate that it was we lost him at a young age because now he'd be much older and who knows what difference he'd be making right. in the lives of, of, of teenagers all over the country and all over the world. Well, I want you to look up someone. His name is John Boy, J-O-N-B-O-Y Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y He's a young country singer from Alabama and he's been on all my networks all my shows, and I'm, I'm hoping to meet him soon. He might be coming soon live into one of my studios. He's incredible. All so right, check him out, John Boy's story. Um, also, so, you know, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here because I would love one day when you're traveling this way to get you in studio live on one of my yes, shows. that would be amazing. I'd love to just meet you all in person. Okay, I would love that. <laughs> Okay, so, and also, uh, we want to give you a chance to uh, promote yourself and yes. uh, the uh, No Excuses uh, char- charity. So, uh, uh, tell us and the fans uh, where uh, people can find more about you. Yes. All right, well, so I have my website, noahgalloway.com, and from there, you, it links right to my social media, my Instagram, Noah Galloway Athlete. Um, and Twitter is at Noah underscore Galloway and Noah Galloway Athlete on Facebook. And my and from there, like I get a lot of requests for speaking engagements. There's a tab to request whatever there is. And then also I have my charitable fund that I, a lot of the money goes to my local YMCA, the youth programs there, because I believe that uh, being active in sports and fitness is good for community and for the kids as they grow up. Fitness helped me get through my depression. Wow. And we don't know what these kids are going to go through. And I feel like, Setting on the right path is a way to do it. And then Operation During Warrior is an organization that I donate to. They um, work with injured veterans to run races, and then we're a team, and it's perfect. And then Homes for Our Troops to build houses for injured veterans. Ninety cent on every dollar goes to the veteran. That's almost unheard of in the nonprofit yes. world. So they are amazing. And the reason I have my charitable fund set up that way is because as an injured veteran, I unfortunately came across a lot of organizations they were making a lot of money off injured veterans, but not doing what they said they did. Mm. And I wanted to have a place that people knew that the money is going to organizations that are working with children, that are working with injured veterans. And that's what I do. It's going to build from there. 
you know, right now it's doing that. And I want to, it's going to evolve down the road to mental health with children. I, I love working with, with students. And I love sharing my story. And I found that kids respond well when it's someone who has been through a tough time and then they understand it and then they feel comfortable uh, hearing the story and opening up. I've had a lot of uh, positive responses from working with schools with that. So that's the next thing my charity is going to do down the road. But right now, that charitable fund is working with the YMCA, Operation Enduring Warrior, and Homes for Our Troops. And whether or not people uh, donate to my organization, as long as it brings attention to those organizations that are doing incredible things, that's all I want. Right. You know, that's and when I and I have my book, Living with No Excuses which when I did my book, it talks in depth about my depression. It was hard to write. There's an entire chapter that's dedicated to me spending 10 days in the county jail and talking about that. And when I wrote it, I thought everyone that saw me on Dancing with Stars and liked me is going to hate me when they read this book. But I wanted to be honest and open and talk about things because I felt like when I was in my depression, I was alone. And I I felt like someone, and I have had people reach out to me that have read this book, whether they're veterans, where they have a disability, or just gone through some tough times, they related to it, and it shows them a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why I did it, not to make money, not to be successful. And I feel like if we all just try to be the best person we be, that's where we end up where we belong. You know, I, I'll i never be at the level of Tom Hanks, you know, or these other people that are superstars, but that's okay. I am a father, number one. And then I try to share my story and what I do and try to inspire and help people and with the things I've gone through in my life. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I do on my social media. I try to just share my life, the things I'm experiencing, my kids, you know, all these different things. And that that is, at the end of the day, what I try to do is just try to be the best person I can be. First of all, you are up there. You are up there. When I start talking, you should never give me that opportunity. No, 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 (laughs) no. First of all, we're we're coming to the close of the show soon, guys. But I have to say this. First of all, you are up there. You're number one to me. Okay, and I'm sure to many, many people. Me too. Yeah. There you go. So, are you on Facebook? I am. Yes, ma'am. Can you? I, I need to connect with you. Um. How do we find you on Facebook? Do you have okay, a personal so page? Noah Galloway, and it's a certified account. Is it a personal page or? or a- okay, yes. If you look up, you know what? Send send me your Facebook page. Okay, and I can send you a link to my personal page as well. All right, I'll just text you the name when we get done of just to, so you can do that for me. It's Jerry Petito, yes. but I'll send it to you. Okay, so now I want to thank uh, first of all all my listeners and all my viewers. I want to thank Remember Then Radio for giving us this incredible opportunity. I want to thank my amazing co-host today, Justin Drummond, and for this incredible connection, kiddo. But... Yeah, but most most importantly, we want to thank you, Noah, for uh, uh, agreeing to do this with us. Yes, most most importantly, Noah, we thank you. You have... you've, You've encouraged not only us, but so many people out there. I, well, I just Jerry, want to thank Justin, you. I, I want to thank both of y'all for the conversation we've had and the, and for allowing me to come on your show and share my story. And like I said, I said earlier in, in, in the interview that uh, you have made my day and I am <laughs> I wasn't just saying that. This has been a great conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You made our day and we're not just saying that. And thank you, sweetheart. So, all right. Wow. All right, Justin, do you want to close with anything? What would you like to say, sweetie? Uh, I just want to say, like, uh, I this is 
this this has been absolutely amazing, and uh, I I can't believe like uh, we've uh, I can't believe we've done this. Like, oh my god! Like, are we talking to Noah Galloway right now? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Thank right. you. So Noah, don't hang up, Justin. Don't hang up. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna play an incredible song to close out the show. Um, let me find it. It's by um, Nikki Adio. It's called Peace. I'm going to play that song. We're going to close out the show. And then when that's done, we're going to talk. So don't hang up. Okay, guys? So everybody, Nikki Adio.